0: Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview and if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com, so please subscribe.
1: Hello, I'm James Marsh, our Managing Director of Andromeda Metals, and we have an exciting new project in South Australia. Uh, we are an emerging producer of Holoisite kaolin, and we intend to be the world's leader in this sector.
0: Well hello James, long time no speak. How are you?
1: Yes, very good. That's Matthew. Yeah, it's been, uh, yeah, it's been a few months, but a uh, very hectic few months, and we have progressed greatly since our last talk. So happy to talk about that with you. Beautiful. Okay, so
0: for everyone new to this story, we'll put a link below to the previous conversations with James, so we, you can get into the business plan, strategy, team, um, and you know what's led up to this point. But today we're going to focus on what you've done since November, which is when we last spoke. So you've been you've been hard at it. Your share price is. A little bit higher than when we last spoke, but you've been on a bit of a ride there.
1: Yes, we we went on a very good ride actually. Um, it, it a very strong ride in fact, and um, it was on the back of some good news coming out. Um, uh, we've got um, we progressed our uh, plant designs. Our binding offtake came through. Our first binding offtake. Um, we expanded our our resources and upgraded our resources. So, yeah, a lot of good news came through there, and um, on a bit of a ride. Now, um, we have dipped since then and um, I mean, some of it is due to the fact that pre-production, there's always a bit of a dip pre-production, uh, people anticipate that, um, but the fundamentals of the business remain strong and in fact improved even more so, even stronger now, so nothing has changed in that respect uh, and we're kicking new goals all the time. Beautiful, but you are being shorted. Yep, that's going on, uh, Unfortunate part of the market activity and um, no, we just have to, we're trying to block that out, trying to treat that as white noise and just go on and push forward and get the things done we need to get done. and. Uh, you know the market will, um, in the end, recover itself, and the value will reflect itself. And um, you know, as we get to forward to production, that will left will leave that far behind us.
0: So, who are the new investors since we've, we've last spoken? I mean, have you moved a little bit more into the institutional side? Because I noticed a conversation about an index being on an index now.
1: Not really. No, we um, we still, well, uh, over eleven thousand retail shareholders. Um, and we are, but we are now looking more towards institutional side of things. Now we have. A major binding offtake, which underwrites the business, it's it's significantly de-risked, and it's got to a point where it's de-risked enough for those institutions to get very interested. So, that's our next phase of our growth in the in the share register.
0: So, just just on the shorting, I know you want to. It's not much companies can do, and you kind of want to look over your look over your shoulder at it occasionally, and sort of see you know see what's going on. Is it a lot of shorting? Where do you think it's coming from? Um, and, and I know you're going to say there's not much you can do about it, but is there anything you can do about
1: it? It doesn't seem to be, no. We, um, we we did make some investigations to find out where um, the shares were being, who was lending them out. Um, we, we really couldn't find out. It was impossible to find out. Um, it seems like we, had, we were heading towards our first index in March, and um, some institutions jumped in quickly, uh, and in advance of that, um, on the expectation we'd make that index, um, that pushed the price up. Um, so, it went over where it should have been. Um, I think the Shorters uh, latched onto that fact. Uh, when our market cap went past our NPV that we had out, then they moved in. and um, Just unfortunate that there's a lot of misinformation going out there now. Um, it's spooking a lot of other shareholders. It shouldn't do it because it is misinformation. it's a lot of nonsense. Uh, it doesn't reflect what we're doing fact that we're actually still moving forward, still doing well, and there's nothing negative at all happening from a company perspective. Um, It's just some unscrupulous people in the marketplace, unfortunately.
0: So, I mean, you've just done a 100% off-take with a Chinese partner, which which is, well, you can't do better than that, 100%, right? So um, that should give the market confidence, but people seem to be nervous about your ability to go and raise money because you're going to need to raise some money for the, for the short term, I know you've got some cash in the bank, but you're going to need to raise a little bit more, just top up the coffers. Uh, wh- what's, your, what's your sense of the market reaction to that? Should they be nervous about that?
1: No, I mean the market, the, that binding off-take agreement was um, very hard work. It took, in the end, it took 3-months of intense negotiations. We had uh, It's a 30-page legally binding contract and this is very significant and it's with a major trading house in China, Genuine company, very professional people. They trade in minerals from Australia, other minerals from major companies in Australia and from around the world. Uh, and it's backed by their financier, who is an even bigger company, a $1 billion company, who is underwriting all of the finances for this business. So they have exclusively for the paint industry for our product. So we have now we have a paint product. This is an extremely high-quality paint product. Uh, we think it's one of the highest-quality paint products in the world. Uh, this is very interesting because at the moment, other paint um, ingredients, which includes Titania, the prices are shooting up, uh, gone up 30% this year alone, and our product will allow reduction of that. So they are very keen to get this into market. There is a true global demand for this type of product though, so we're now looking at other offtakes around the rest of the world. Um, but that's in addition to the offtake we already had. Um, since we last spoke, we got an offtake with a Japanese company for our ceramic product as well. And again, that's a very premium grade ceramic halocyte gallon. Um, very rare in the world that people have the grade that we have, so we've now got offtakes in 2 very premium sectors of the Cainland industry uh, and legally binding ones as well.
0: Okay, so let me sort of understand that, so the, the, the Chinese trader has got 100% of the offtake for, for what? And the, Japanese for the paint have, product. Right, for the paint product only, yeah. okay, and the Japanese yeah. have got what?
1: Is, so they've signed up for 5,000 tonnes a year of the ceramic grade material. Uh, now that ceramic grade is, the, is, is for porcelain production, so the Chinese um, offtake partners are now um, investigating in uh, th- that market as well, because half of the world's porcelain is produced in China. That is actually growing quite rapidly, a, uh, especially in the uh, technical porcelain sector, which is porcelain that goes into um, insulation for the electrical um, infrastructure, because that is being expanded dramatically in China, and all those ceramic insulators need the high-quality hollow that we have. So we're pushing that in China, uh, but we also got interests from around the world. We've got interests uh, from uh, around throughout Europe, Middle East and the rest of Asia. Uh, we only now have 30,000 tonnes of capacity left to sign up. So my job is now to get that final 30,000 signed up um, through companies around the whole world. Uh, and As it stands at the moment, there will be people fighting for that product.
0: Th- that's on the porcelain, right?
1: That's on the porcelain. So we don't yes. want to spend, make too much of the paint. Um, no, we want to split that between paint and uh, ceramic to de-risk the, the project.
0: Got it. Okay, that makes sense. just wanted to be, be clear in my head where you were going. So back to the question about funding, there's a belief that you need to raise some money and obviously have the, the share price haven't dropped off. People are looking at that and going, oh, we should have raised money when it was higher. We're going to have to raise money now, it's dilutory, et etc. So one, do you need to raise money and two, how much?
1: we will do There's no doubt about that. No, we're sitting on about six million dollars now. Um, now that that would take us through to a um, finish our de- our definitive feasibility study, um, but we don't want to run down that low. Um, and we also we're factoring in we would we don't want to delay our operational start. So there are some long lead items for the plant. So deposits will be required for that. Um, so we're now making um, some um, some serious studies on. How much we'll need and when, uh, so we can progress that. So it means that there's no delay to our start uh, timeline for our project, which is a, a crucial thing we're looking at.
0: Right, but you, you must give us some, some give us some idea or sense of the scale of that because you know what the lead items are, are going to be. You don't want to run it down too close, you know, to, to to the FID. So are we talking five million? Or are we talking twenty million? What sort of end um, of the scale? Well, the
1: those numbers haven't come out of our DFS yet. They're being put to the DFS now. We made a recent change from um, just being a ceramic grade producer to being a ceramic and paint grade producer. That has caused a few changes in the metallurgical flow sheet. So the equipment um, will be tweaked. We don't So we don't know exactly what that, what that number will be. Um, it'll be in the order of uh, a few million possibly. You know, um, it depends on how much percentage these manufacturers want and how soon they want it. And it'll be in probably 2 or 3 or maybe 4 tranches. So, and be, it'll be over a, a several months several months of period. So um, the, initial, the initial amount uh, might be a few million, we're not sure yet, uh, and you know, that's going to be within the next, well, second half of this year at some point.
0: Okay, so are we talking about one deal where it's an at the market and then you draw down over the next few months, or are you talking about having to do 4 separate transactions in, as you understand the numbers better?
1: Yes, yeah, so it's looking like it'll be, no, there'll be a deposit, could be ten 10%, to 30% in that region for the equipment uh, on order, and then as you progress it through and until the point and the last one on the on uh, delivery and commissioning. So it'll be that's typical. And um, but those quotes, now we're doing that to DFS standards, so we're doing it to um, a very high level of accuracy. Um, having getting three quotes on everything takes some time, um, but that's well in progress, uh, and we're doing it to OZAMM you know uh, standards which are very high. Okay, so
0: your DFS, you're tweaking now. You're going to start smaller and then build, build up. That, 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 is that, have I read that right? Yeah, that's right.
1: So what did, In our previous study, we were going to ship 500,000 tonnes of ore over to uh, China, probably, where it will, it will be toll processed and then when we sell the final product into the market. Now, what we decided was that we're far better capturing the value ourselves by doing the refining at site. Um, we have enough water to do that. We've found that the water supply is adequate. We've got a plant that can do that. Um, and what that does is that means that we don't give away margin to the um, toll processing company. Um, we also don't have to ship 50% of waste, which is sand waste, we ship we only ship final product. So there's, there's, there's clear logistics savings, clear processing savings. And also we, we will keep control of the product because we're aiming at to extremely premium grade materials. We want to be sure we have full control, We have a you know, we'll have a state-of-the-art modern plant that can make this material. Uh, consistently at the right quality required. So, it's going to be 250,000 tonne feed rate initially and, and then after year 2, we're doubling up in year 2. So, it gives us a chance to sell out the whole of the first year's 2 years of production completely 100%, which means we'll have a very healthy business and then once that's built up, we get a reputation in the market. Word gets around pretty quickly and then people will really want our product so then we can expand, double that capacity. And push it out to um to a 500,000 ton feed rate.
0: Okay, I I, I get the, the caution about you know not spending too much money because the, the the this project was always about scale. You've got a massive deposit that was you, you had scale. We always talked about how big this thing was. So just raining it back in and capturing more of the margins is eminently sensible. But is is part of that because there are new entrants coming into the marketplace as well?
1: No, there's actually no one else coming in. There's actually people exiting the marketplace now. The um there's now. 2 and maybe 3 of the world's biggest producers of equivalent grades are either run out of material or stop producing. So the gap in the market is opening up bigger and bigger. So we haven't got that, but what we can do is by limiting our initial 2 years to what will be maybe 120,000 tonnes of total capacities, we can create some nice competitive tension in the market. We can get maintain those high prices. Uh, and then when we're ready to double up that um, offtake, uh, double up the production and the offtakes, then we can make sure we we actually capture the full value for that and we maintain at a very high price in the market
0: so what did the previous DFS um, say about the um, the capex requirement because obviously what we're saying is going to be less than that so what was the what was the number previously yes yeah, so initially we were, look, we were looking at twenty eight million capex
1: um, and then the the plant was going to be funded by cash flow um, from the DSO business now we still have got DSO options so we could still do, do DSO we could still get a very nice cash flow from that and it's something we're looking at so as um, soon as we open the ground up and start um, putting material out of the ground, we can still ship. We've got a partner in China who wants to process that material, can process it very well. We've done a 50-tonne trial just recently that gave great results. Um, but at the moment, that's not in the DFS, but we are considering it. So at the moment, the capex is going to be higher because we're going to bring that plant forward now. S- instead of being from year 3, from cash flow, it's going to be right up front um, and we've got to fund that. But at the moment, um, in numbers today, still, they're still are still a bit rubbery, but we're looking at um, around about 100 million will be where we are for for the whole plant installed and all the
0: infrastructure required to produce that material. Right, and you you've, you've obviously had a starting conversation. I know you've got to get the numbers nailed down, but it's got a lot of subject to in there. But you, the market understands your product, understands the the route the route to market, your ability to sell, and obviously these these um, binding agreements help with that. So are you feeling confident? About being able to raise 100 million bucks.
1: Yep, so we, um, we are confident and we are working very hard also to get some debt funding there. So we are working with um, advisors um, who are experienced in debt funding for non conventional resources, which is very important because now we have this material, it's an opaque market for this material. So we need specialists. So we've got specialists working on that uh, and they're extremely confident that we will get a large proportion of what we need from debt funding. Uh, because our, now we have binding off Offtakes underwriting the business completely, um, it means that we are significantly de-risked, and the capex is still very small. For our our NPV was uh, well over seven hundred million dollars. Uh, it's likely to be bigger with the DFS, um, despite bringing the capex forward now. So the the uh, NPV is not going to get worse; it's going to get better and better. So um, we think we're going to get a good proportion of debt funding, uh, and then the balance, you know, the balance may be. Uh, we don't know what that'd be. It could be twenty, thirty million that we might have to raise afterwards. But um with our market cap, even at four hundred
0: million like we are now, that's gonna be no issue. Right. I mean it's an interesting point you raised with regards to the it's a unconventional nature of the of you know the material which you're talking about because people don't understand it and it is an opaque market. There are others. Does that make the potential uh equity component, sorry, the debt component more expensive?
1: Possibly more expensive, yeah, because if we have to go to the non-mainstream banks, it may be more expensive, but the payback time is very short. So we're looking at maybe three years payback. So, um, even, uh, and that's without factoring in potential DSO, which will give us some excellent cash flow. So with a short payback time, we don't feel that's a problem. Now, the fact that we've got such high value, Kelly, um, compared to, uh, all virtually all the players in the world, um, means that we've got something that is highly desirable in the market. And so we've got independent technical Consultants looking at it from the from the banking perspective, and independent marketing consultants to be engaged who are also going to look at that as well, uh, and they will make sure that that all that um, due diligence is done very very thoroughly for for the banks, and we're confident that there's nothing there that's going to block it.
0: Have you talked to your Chinese partner about getting Chinese debt in there? It's very cheap.
1: Yeah, so that is definitely a potential. You know, because this um, now the big group that's financing the business, uh, this one billion dollar company. Um, they could well be interested in now they use I mean, them they use their own bank as well, and it 's going to be done by letters of credit, so the fund so the actual payments will be letters of credit open with a bank and it 'll be a Chinese bank so yeah we, we are going to go to the four major Chinese banks because they would like to get involved if there 's Chinese business at the end of it, um, but also likewise the Japanese business make means that the Japanese banks are also interested so we 've got um, some good potential in both those areas
0: okay, so on financing people should be. Less concerned than they appear to be at the moment. You think that you're on it, there's interest and some cheap options if you can get some Asian financing.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the funding we need for a project with our numbers is actually very, very small you know, in the scheme of things. Uh, and you know, the, uh, the potential revenue we'll have coming in, the actual margins we're going to get are going to be um, excellent. You know, if you want if you to just do it for a comparison, if you run our material in c- compared to gold, for example, then we would have the equivalent of five grams of gold uh, in our in the ground, you know, so money people around the world we wanting to throw as much money as possible at that sort of project. Um, in our case, we want far less money than a gold project, and yet we 've got that sort of equivalent of value in the ground
0: okay we 've talked about um, paint porcelain there 's also hpa and I want to talk about nanotech and what 's happening with concrete so. Let's start with HPA. What has advanced since we last spoke?
1: Yep, so HPA is something that we've been working on. We talked about it last time. It's something that I've been very familiar with for many years, Um, but we wanted to find the right partner, the right approach that was the the minimal risk for us to get involved with because it's still a high-risk area. We knew we had the best feed for it. Um, We've done uh, multiple pieces of work that's proven that we have the premium feed for HPA production. So we can get there in one stage of purification and get to a very high grade um, very quickly. So we, we looked around and we ended up um, signing an agreement with a company called uh, AEM, uh, who are Canadian, um, currently a Canadian producer of high-purity luma. They've got the only producing plant in the world. It is actually operational now. It's producing about 4tons a month of 5N product and it can produce HPA from Calium. So that's very, very important because this so far, no one else has achieved this in the world. At a commercial scale. Uh, and this company, AM, has gone through all a lot of trials and tribulations to get there. They've made the mistakes, but they've actually worked out where they went wrong and they've, they've actually improved on those and they now can do it. They know the way to do it properly and do it right. Uh, and also, what also I convinced us was the fact that they have uh, a UK subsidiary uh, and the UK subsidiary is going to build a plant in the UK to produce HPA, which is exactly the same as the plant that we want to that we would plan to, to to actually build. It'll be the same design, same engineering, same components, same size, um, just a different feed uh, and the UK government is putting in a uh, million dollars into immediately into funding that study at the moment. Um, so we feel that we can also attract some very interesting funding uh, and we have the opportunity here to become the first commercial producer of
0: HPA uh, in, our, in our part of the world. So let me be clear. so they're building one in the UK, you're not shipping Anything to them? You're going to build it in Australia, but maybe use the same designs. Is that what you're saying? Same design, yeah. So the ing- we can use the same engineering company,
1: same design. They they have got a design that uses off-the-shelf components, which is very important. Um, it's going to be very low capex for an HPA plant, um, but it's potentially going to go straight to a five N product, which is fifty thousand US dollars per ton product, uh, and using our feed, which we know is a, is a is a best feed around for for that process, then. This will fast strike us to become an HPA producer and potentially it could use initially about 20,000 tonnes of our material from the Great White project uh, that may have to be sent off to HPA. Uh, so that's something that we're looking at for our DFS as well.
0: Okay, so um, is that a collaboration? Is there a formal agreement? Is it a JV? Is there some sort of financial arrangement? What's it look like?
1: So at the moment we've, we've signed an MOU um, where we have time to do our due diligence. So we're doing that right now uh, our material is being tested through their they 've got a pilot plant which can make um, hba to 5 n standard and fully analyze it so that 's been done right now we 're doing our own due diligence so we 've got some very experienced metallurgists too actually over in Canada doing that right now to make sure that it all stacks up uh, and then the, within thirty days of signing it, which was actually two weeks ago we 're planning to move to a full a full agreement a, a binding agreement uh, where we then move forward through the feasibility study um, and then we're looking at finishing that next year, probably early next year, finishing studies and they're looking at potentially being operation by 2023.
0: Okay. What can you tell me about them in terms of, one, um, how long have they been around? What's the bank balance like? Are they public, private? You know what, what? What could a deal look like with them? And you know what, what? What size of the what portion of the market do they currently hold? And indeed, what is the size of the opportunity?
1: So at the moment, they um, they've got a fairly small operation. It's only um, they're producing uh, four tons a day of five N. Um, they, they intend to ramp up, that, that up significantly. Um, they're private company. Um, they they took over a plant from a company previously known as Orbite, um, which went through all the teething problems with the um, with production process because it is a very complicated process. Um, so they, they actually fell over Orbite and AM picked them up um, and they've got the whole plant actually working again now, recommissioned it and it's operational. So they've taken all that learning from those years, about ten years of production, uh, and they now have the model that they want to roll out um, around the rest of the world. So we have an agreement which will be exclusive for Australia. So we will have and New Zealand, so we will have exclusivity to, to actually build a plant build plants in Australia or New Zealand. At this stage.
0: So, what does that mean in financial terms? I mean, what's the size of the opportunity for you? Is this just a distraction? The Australian market is not very big. I mean, how do, you, how do you make more of that relationship if you're going to go down that route?
1: Yeah. so you're right. The Australian market isn't that big, um, but the idea is that this will be the only one potentially initially in the Southern Hemisphere. So, it will be supplying the Southern Hemisphere market, whereas the plant over in the UK will be supplying mainly the UK market. So, the big market for this at the moment is. Um, uh, Japan, Korea, those sort of countries that we're using um, growing amounts of HPA and the, uh, the forecast supply is going to be a, a big problem in the future if all the forecasts come true. So the demand is going to be growing um, hugely. So we will have, we plan to have a 2,000 ton a 2, year plant initially. That's all initial plan, um, which will be scalable by modular design so we can bolt on 1,000 tons at a time uh, for very, for minimal capex and expand that in, in step with the market demand. Um, but that material will go around the world you know. and people who use um, HPA, uh, battery manufacturers, they do want often dual supply or multiple, multiple supply points of the same grade material um, to de-risk what they're doing. So we can feed into the, those supply chains, um, uh, those, those same channels can use the same material from both plants.
0: Right. I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get a dollar number out of you about the, the size of the opportunity, whether the size of the market today, where you, what you're hoping to do in terms of, Capturing market share, margin, because so, you, you can get very high margin products, but if, you, if it's small scale, it's it's small beer, and you know it's not going to do much for your bottom line. And you know, blue sky opportunity, which is the kind of growth component which shareholders want to buy into. So, you know, how meaningful could the HBA element be to your business? That's what I'm trying to work out.
1: Yep. So, good question. Um, if it comes to fruition as a, as as it, the pension looks on the surface, then it will be extremely significant because. We're only talking about 20,000 tonnes of our Kelin, but we convert that to 2,000 tonnes of high purity Lumina at 50,000 US per tonne. So you're talking about hundred million US. Uh, and the beauty of this is that the plant that we're going to be designing, um, the AM model is going to be the lowest, potentially the lowest OPEX plant of its type. Plus we've got the best purity feed so we can get there, we can get there, um, for much lower OPEX than anyone else. And so we're looking at, um, Around about six to seven thousand US dollars a ton for OPEX, um, but a sale price of fifty thousand. So the numbers there, I mean, this could be bigger than anything else that the, um, that the Great White Project does if it, you know, if, if it works uh, as planned. Okay,
0: and so you'll let us know over the coming months when you, you know, work through an agreement with this small private company, you're four hundred million dollar public company, how you divvy up the world. Who does well? Who's exactly, yes. Northern Hemisphere, who's Southern Hemisphere and more? You'll let us know. There's
1: going to be more exciting news coming out. I can't talk about that right now, but there's more exciting news behind this, um, which will explain all of that. Um, we also, the next stage, will be, uh, we'll be wrapping up our testing work. So if it all goes to plan, we'll be sending over about a quarter of a tonne of our material, which will produce a large-scale batch that we can use for customer evaluations and, and approvals. Uh, and from that, from that material, we'll get all of the OPEX and CAPEX numbers we need. So that's going to be a major step forward and uh, yeah, it's not far away. Good.
0: Okay. I'm excited about that one. I will come back on and tell us about it. Uh, the other things I'm excited about is obviously concrete from, from the get-go. Your track record previously suggested you push this hard. How are you getting on on the concrete side of the business?
1: It's going very well. Yes. Um, concrete testing does take some time. So you know, it's, people think that there's not much progression there, but we have progressed um, greatly. Um, since we last spoke, we have, I can't remember if we passed the concrete standards or not, but we've passed the Australian concrete standards for use. We've also filed a patent, which is very important. So we now have a patent filed because no one else has used this material before. It's, uh, it's important to note that this is a unique material being used in a unique, unique way in concrete. Now I've had experience before in concrete applications and cement type applications, but this is completely different. This is a product that works at a very low dose um, but works right across the board, potentially in all concrete applications, um, allowing reductions in cost and performance improvements uh, and also reductions in carbon footprint, which is very important. So recent work we've got going, um, we've actually improved on our initial product. So we had an initial um, version 1 of the, we call it the Holosite Rheology Modifier, HRM. Version 1 was good. Uh, it, it did give um, some some nice improvements, um, but version two that we've been working on uh, since then is a, a quantum leap up in in improvement. So now we've got something that outperforms uh, some very expensive current current solutions, and we're talking about solutions here that cost ten thousand dollars a ton. Our material outperforms those, um, and this In, in one have, way, just just again
0: for people who need this story, what
1: does it do that's better? So. When you say improve, when I say um, rheology modifier, it actually improves the way the concrete handles, flows, behaves. Um, So when it's mixed and pumped and placed, there can be a lot of associated issues with um, things like segregation and uh, bleeding. So water comes out, fines comes out, stones, the stone drops, stones drop out. So this holds it all together, uh, holds together and that allows all sorts of improvements in the mix, so in the formulation. So you can actually reduce things like the cement. You can reduce the water. um, You can say you can lower the carbon footprint, and you can use materials that normally can't be used. Um, So materials that that, um, companies have um, that they like to use, they can't because they're inferior quality. Um, But by using by using our material, um, you can incorporate all sorts of other additional materials, lower cost. So 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 so
0: there's some some obvious benefits. They're being being tested at the moment. It takes a while for that to get through because obviously you know, in terms of the use applications, some pretty serious ones, you want to make sure nothing's going to go wrong. Um, How how long does that process take?
1: Well, we're quite advanced because we got these concrete standards. So we were doing that work a long time ago, just to make sure we had that in place. Uh, That was a lot of testing and we passed those standards. So now it can be used. Um, It's just a case of getting a commercial agreement with uh, a concrete person, a company. And we're working through that right now. Um, now We're working with um, some potentially big players in the concrete sector, uh if they like what they see then we can move to a commercial arrangement very quickly uh, and the beauty of this product is it's uh the material that we're using is very high alloysite which we have a lot of that material um, but it's actually not actual in our resource at the moment it would be normally classified as waste um, because it's not suitable for ceramics and it's not suitable for paint but it's absolutely perfect for concrete so we've got a whole new area of our resource previously was waste um now suddenly becomes a Potentially very high value resource because this material now can sell for more than the other products. Uh, and the even better thing is that it's very, very easy to process. You just take out some of the sand, that's all you do, and you have the final product.
0: So it's interesting. So you're going to find a, find a partner. You've got to find it. I mean, it doesn't seem very hard. There are not too many players out there in that space, some big players. So um, they're going to need to test it. I know you've been testing, but they've got to go through the same process. So again, in terms of people trying to understand when that could be a revenue stream for you what should we be thinking about is it is it well that testing term? is
1: yeah that testing's in progress i mean testing's in progress now and um now they go through normally you need 28 days of strength testing um, oh, okay. so you test it not very it regular intervals now 3 7 28 I mean, it may go through a couple of iterations of that um but you're talking about that sort of amount of testing now if it if it works um that could they could start to use it immediately after that, no, so because it's passed the standards that so we we put it through right up front, um, and it's used at the very low level. We're talking about using one kilo in three tons of concrete. Um, so it actually, even if we sold it at a you know, high price, say thousand dollars a ton, it would still not add much uh, ex- cost to the actual concrete, but it will give these very nice benefits. And the, the material that we're testing now, a version two material that we're testing now that they are testing uh, even gives, we're showing it's showing a 20% increase in strength at that low level as well as a NASA benefit we weren't even um, uh, planning on.
0: Okay, so it's, it's a very short testing period. I, I thought they might have to lay it down, come back in a year's time and see if it's still holding up and hasn't degraded in some way. No, no,
1: um, because we pitched it as as an admixture, it means it's going in at less than 1%. That means the approval can be very quick and very easy. So oh, um, they on. could use it. Um, if they're happy with it, they could use it immediately.
0: Fantastic. Okay, let's let's talk about well, again. Keep us up to date with that one. At uh, Nanotech, the Nanotech applications. Put the word nano in front of anything, it sounds very exciting to investors. So, uh, what's happening there?
1: That's right. So it is. Um, it's a bit of a buzzword, nano. Um, it's uh, no, we are we're lucky though that we have this halocyte, um Is a nano natural nano material. Now it's got this nano dimension. It's it's a nano tube. So no, we're doing a lot of work to work out how we can utilise that that shape that structure um, to actually get It into these new applications. So, we, we uh, ourselves and Minotaur, it's a joint venture for the natural nanotech company. We're pumping in a uh, million dollars a year into the research, so some significant funding there. Uh, and we're making uh, great strides forward in a, a number of areas. Um, the leading area is probably carbon capture, which is a bit of a hot topic at the moment, uh, thanks to Elon Musk. So, we have um, a pilot plant um, that is under construction, um, and this pilot plant is going to be set up so it so one tonne of our halloysite matrix material can, can actually absorb and suck in about 1.4 tonnes of CO2. But the good thing about our plant is this pilot plant, you can then discharge that and convert it to a methanol clean fuel and then re- and, and keep repeating that. So that one tonne of halloysite matrix can keep sucking in tonnes and tonnes and tonnes of CO2 and convert it to a fuel. So that is going very well. Once we've got the operational, then we can prove that up to, um, so anyone who's interested in that space, anyone who wants to reduce their carbon footprint, anybody who wants to close the loop and turn their CO2 into a clean fuel, then we'll have the ability to do that. So that's coming, that's going forward very quickly. Um, we are also getting very close to filing patents in the battery technology sector. So we've got some, we can use our Holosite to, uh, to manufacture, uh, carbon nanostructures, uh, very cheaply. So very cost effective manufacturing of carbon nanostructures which when they put into batteries they can improve the performance of batteries and the charge discharge rate by about five to six times. So that patent is ready to be filed and also a patent for water purification.
0: Is this is this the thing you're working on with I can't, can't remember Newcastle University is that the same thing? Correct yeah. So they okay. have a, a global yeah. So how, so how do these guys move this thing forward because it's 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 more than just topical it's a huge market, and it's only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. We're involved with it, with a couple of sales investing in them, um, in in in, the, in this area. So, how do you, ex- you know, how, how do you speed things up there? I mean, carbon capture, crikey, that that's that's got to be bigger than the rest of your company if you get it right.
1: Well, you're right. It could well be, and <laughs> I know we've got some big things happening anyway. Um, but you're right. So what we, so our plan is that's why we're putting this money into this um, pilot plant. Now that that is that's the key to because then we can demonstrate. It's a it's a it's a it's a demonstration plant that sucks in huge amounts of CO2 and it shows exactly what can be done. And it's a scalable plant. This can be made at any size. Um, there's some some good IP around that that we'll be, we'll be capturing as well. So as soon as that's operating, you now we'll get customer we'll get um, anyone who customers clients any other companies they're interested to come in and see how it works. Then that plant one of those could be put in there wherever they're. Um, application may be for it. Like a cement company, for example, it could be put out a cement plant uh, and the CO2 outflow could be put through this, converted to a fuel which goes back into the plant and, and powers the kiln. Um, so that's a very important part of it is he's getting this pilot plant operating and demonstrating it. Um, so that's why I think that that's going to go first. Now, the, um, the patterns for the battery, well, we have to scale that it up, it's working in small batteries, but we have to scale it up. That'll take a bit longer. Um, and the water purification, but we also have some good progress uh, we're making uh, in the hydrogen space as well. So not the same um, structures, the haloosite structures, and I should um, probably emphasize here that we're using haloosite from our great white deposit for this. We're not using any haloosite. We can't manufacture. We know we can manufacture this because we have areas of high purity haloosite already in our resource uh, and is working in these applications. Um, so. That's working in, and also we've just got funding for $2.4 million from the government uh, for agricultural applications of site. This is for slow release of um, herbicides and fertilizers. Uh, and also, they're working on the release of cancer drugs for humans and also uh, antiviral, antibacterial drug delivery uh, and also remediation. So, there's a lot of projects going on there, uh, and it's all working with our current site material.
0: Right. So, the nan- Nanotech, a lot of research, a lot of money. Most of it won't work. Some of it will have commercial applications, just, just the nature of it. So it's a lot. There's a long, slow line of potential future re- revenue, hopefully, right? But can I can yep. I just talk about the, the the carbon capture thing because it's the it's the nearest. So the the pilot plant you're spending how much on? Are you getting grants for that? I mean, how do you move that thing forward? Surely that's exciting for the Australian government too.
1: It is. So the bulk of our one million dollars that we're putting into um, this research institute is going towards that pilot plant. Um, we are, we've got several grant applications in at the moment that will uh, more than match fund that. So we are, we are anticipating getting in several million dollars of funding on top of that based on what we're contributing. Um, and we've had to be a bit careful because the, there's a lot of IP around this plant. Uh, I think it's going to be a pretty hot topic. People would love to copy it. So we are being quite careful that, um, that we roll it out uh, safely uh, so we don't publicise too much information too soon. Um, but we're looking at three or four months before that's in and working properly, um, which isn't that far away now. Um, and then we, I mean, our next thing that we have to do is we have to make um, a few tons of the site material to go in there. So that's uh, the next thing we have to do. Um, our pilot plant at, uh, in South Australia, uh, we've just bought a new piece of equipment that's going to help towards that. Um, in fact, it came from the UK. So a large, a very large centrifuge um, that's being installed at the moment. Uh, that allows us to make potentially tonne amounts of high purity site, which we can feed into this project.
0: Okay. James, I'm, I'm just kind of conscious of time here. I could talk to you about the nanotech side of things for hours. I really could. So I think it's very exciting, but in terms of near-term opportunity, in terms of shareholder um, uh, value creation—that's the old cliche, isn't it? Um, yeah. What should we be looking out for for the rest of this year, the next six months? What do they look like for you?
1: So, next six months, we're going to lock up the rest of our first year, first two years' output of the from the Great White plant um, with binding offtakes. So, about thirty thousand tons left to lock up. Uh, we'll do that around the world, so we'd, we'll de-risk the project further. That'll give us. I mean, so that means we'll be totally sold out for the first two years. We'll finish our definitive feasibility study, um, which will give us new numbers for that based on the paint product being incorporated. Uh, and potentially we may incorporate um, direct shipping oil, I mentioned that may be incorporated and we may incorporate the, this concrete product if that comes through quickly um, and potentially even the HPA if that moves quickly enough, we're not sure about that. That might be a little bit longer term. That's coming through and the mining approvals are in progress. We put a mining um, uh, approval application in, in February so it's, it's gone out for public submission. Those submissions have been received by the government. They're just now working through those. So the next stage is to put in our, our environmental plan for the mine. So before the end of the year, we expect to have our mining approvals done, our DFS done and all the binding offtakes locked in. Um, so that's some pretty exciting things happening.
0: Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CruxCast or our website, cruxinvestor.com and of course our YouTube channel, Crux Investor.